Let's begin our discussion of Parshas Truma, Tav, Shin, Ayin, Zayin, as we get into the first of the four Parshios that deal with the Mishkan, Truma, Tesave, Vayaka, Bakude, and we continue, as the Ramban says, in the Hakdama to Parshas Truma, which we discussed years ago, the Hemshech, the continuation of the Hashras Hashchina that took place at Har Sinai, that is what we're trying to create, that's what we are trying to build. And the Medrash connects the end of last week's Parsha to the beginning of this week's Parsha. And that's our first question for this evening. What is the connection between the end of last week's parsha and the beginning of this week? If you look in Tana Devei Eliyahu, the source number one on the second line, Tana Devei Eliyahu, Mikivan Shekiblu Yisrael, O Malchus Shemayim Besimcha, whence the once Klai Yisrael accepted the Torah Besimcha. The Amru Kolasher Diber Hashem Nasev Nishma, and they said Nasev Nishma. Right when they said Nasev Nishma, Hashem says, Okay. Mishkan. Miyad Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu Lemoshe Sheyomar Li Yisrael Sheyasulo Mishkan. The end of last week's parsha. Perach of Dalad Pasuk Zayin. We have Nasev and Ishma. So now we have Perach of Hey Pasuk Aleph. Aydav Rashem Moshe Leimar Tavrel Bnei Yisrael VeYichuli Truma VeChulu VaAsuli Megdash VeShachanti Besocha. And the question is, it's very nice. Nasev and Ishma. We'll do the Torah, but why specifically is that the mitzvah? All the mitzvahs. Not the mitzvah means we'll do all the mitzvahs. What specifically is there about the Mishkan that could uh, connect directly from Nazav and Ishma to, to our discussion? So, a couple of suggestions given by the Elah Hadvarim, by Rav Schlesinger, <coughs> here in source number one. Four suggestions to be exact. He bases the first one on one medrash, the other three on the other medrash, but it's basically the same uh, question. What is the connection between Nasev and Ishma, the end of the parsha, and the uh, Mishkan? The first is a beautiful idea where we understand, says line, on line five, medrash mafarshim kavanasu kidushin. We know Harsinai was a marriage. It was a marriage between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael. As the Mishnah described at the end of Masechus Tainus, based on Psukim and Shirashirim, Biyom Chasunaso, Biyom Simchas Libo, Biyom Chasunaso, the day of Maimon Arsinah. We were married to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Torah was the Ksuba, however one uh, describes it. But we know that was marriage. That was Harayat Mukudashisli, that was Kiddushin, that was Nisuin. What happens right after a marriage? You go to the Yichud room. According to the Rambam, that is part of the marriage. But maybe, suggested Rav Schlesinger, that's Nasev and Ishma, Maimon Harsinai, going right into the Mishkan. Now we have seclusion with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now we're going to build a place where we can have seclusion and have privacy with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. K'mosh ha'chas and Omer l'kal l'hari ha'mkudeshes li, k'achem HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yisrael, v'atem t'yu li mamleches kohanim v'goy kadosh. That's the Kiddushin. Ukemosha Chasan Misyachid and Makala Bebayis Echad, just like this Yichud Kacha Kodesh Baruchu, Hisyachid and Yisoba Beis Hamigdash, the Hishra Shchinaso Beinehem. So, number one, that's the Mishkan. It's the Yichud room. Right after we got married, Baruch Hashem, we're able then to then create and build the uh, place where we will be intimately connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, number one. But there are other ideas as well. Again, he quotes another Medrash on line, line 10 and 11. <coughs> That uh, I'm sorry, on line 15, which is a, again a similar idea. Again, not focused on Vasili Mikdash, but what is the, the connection? So, says Rev Schlesinger, line 17. Nasev and Ishma was amazing, but it was a declaration, it was words, it was a decision, it was a commitment. But it wasn't action. 
commitments and decisions and resolutions always immediately have to be translated into actions or else they don't last or else they're not tangible. They're not concrete and they might just disappear as quickly as they came. When you come to actual um, construction and an actual fulfilling, just talking about it is not enough. So therefore, right after B'nai Yisrael were Makabel, Nasev and Ishma, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, okay, now let's put it into action. Right away, Hashem asks them something. Right, I want to test it. The litmus test. Are you going to give? Second idea. And not only a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah that we might call Yesh on Kiss. Right, which is a little more challenging of a mitzvah often that it costs us something. But that is number two. Number three, a third possibility has on line 21. Pirasheni move up as far as a third idea. But Israel accepted the Torah, accepted all the mitzvos. As we've described in the past, the, uh, the end of last week's parsha, where Moshe Rabbeinu took half the blood and sprinkled it on the Mizbeach, and half the blood and sprinkled it on the Am. A symbol, says Rav Hutner, of Ben Adam HaMakah, Ben Adam HaChaveru, the dual Kabbalah of Klal Yisrael, right after they've accepted all of that. All of the mitzvahs that are learned out from Mishpatim and elsewhere in the Torah, Hashem says, okay, now you're ready for Vayikuli Truma. Collecting staka could only be, or giving to mitzvahs, could only be possible after you know all the halachas of Dini Mamanis. Parshas Mishpatim. Hashem did not want to ask for donations before we knew all the halachas. Because then who knows if our money was kosher money. Who knows if all of the ways that we received the money had a hechsher on it. As Yishayahu says, Shimru Mishpat Va'asut Staka. First, we have to follow all of the laws, and then we can have stock. And then he says, Sometimes people, we're not so careful with our money, and then to try to cover up our mistakes, we'll like, give it to Tzedakah, we'll donate a lot. That, doesn't, that, that, that was just the Asi Tov, that's not the Sur Meirah. Sometimes in the world of uh, Dini Mamanis. To calm my conscience, Marvin Bitsaka. That doesn't work. Right, we spoke about there's an unbelievable Marsha in Ksubis around Samach Zion or so, where he talks about even in, the day, in, in Poland a couple hundred years ago. Right, there were those that collected money illegally against Halacha and then just tried to give it to the, to the, uh, to the local charity in order to cover up their sin. That doesn't work. If I don't have that Kabbalah, or Truma, the truma is not going to affect. Only when there's shimru mishpat, then it can be asud staka. So that's maybe the connection. Suggestor Schlesinger, mishpatim, then you could have truma. 
if I know all the mishpatim and I observe all the mishpatim, then I would be able to then give truma to the proper causes, to the ultimate cause, to the base HaMikdash. A third idea. And finally, a fourth idea. Again, number one, marriage, Kedushin, and then Yichud Rum. Number two is, it's great to declare and have amazing uh, decisions, but if I don't put it into action right away, you know, that's not, uh, that's not going to work, right? Number three is we need mishpatim. We need to follow all the laws in order to then be able to properly give truma. And finally, the fourth idea, the last idea, online 32. One of the more famous questions at the beginning of the parsha. Let's just add this also before he gives an answer. The yikhu li truma. The yikhu li, it should be the yitznu li. Give to me. What do you mean take the yikhuli truma? What's the law shown? Maybe it's based on a Pasik in last week's parsha. What does it mean imach? What does it mean? The Pasik mean es he'enimach, which Chazal Darshan, Halachas, you should give the Ani close to you, your city before other people's cities, your relatives before other people's uh, relatives. But Pshuto Shomikra, he says, Shem Yesh Bekirvascha Ani, O Oz Lotielo Kenosha. Don't be a one who lends with interest. Imcha Bekirvascha. Dro, Drosha, that's the, 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 the Pashup shot that give to the one near you. But the Drosh is, Im Kesef Talves Ami Es Ha'ani. Don't think you're going to lose anything. Don't think that we're, it's going to come off when I'm supposed to get this here. As Chazal say elsewhere, We're not giving we're getting. Everything we do is going to boomerang back to us. We think we're, we're giving something, we're losing something. No. With the proper perspective, we'll realize that we're gaining something. So, suggests the Eila Hadvarim. If we have the attitude that everything is in the context of the service of Hashem, we do it because HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us, then we'll be able to realize the Yikhuli, Truma. Take, because you're not giving. You're really taking. You're taking for me. It's for me, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, but it's really for you as well. And it can be called a Lekicha from your point of view as well. Again, each of these is a, is a crucial idea that we could spend more time on, but this is what he says at the end, the last one. That'll be imcha, that'll be yours. Right, it reminds us a little bit of the Gemara in Baba Basra in the first parak where one of the, one of the um, heretics, maybe Tonus Rufus, asked Rabbi Akiva, if your God loves the poor, so why doesn't he give them money? Why doesn't he mafarnas on? So what does the answer? It's for us. It's not for the receiver. It's for the giver. And therefore, he says, We have the attitude that we're doing everything for our Kaddish Baruch Hu. Then it could be viewed, we would be able to appreciate the Yikhu Li Truma. We could appreciate that it's really a Lekicha for us. It's not just a giving for our Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that is, again, a connection between the end and the beginning. Okay.
Let's focus on that Pasuk again. Second Pasuk in the Parsha. From every man that wants to volunteer, you shall take the truma. And the question that we might ask, ask the Tosefes Bracha, ask the Torah Tamima in the Tosefes Bracha, Source number two. The Pasuk seems to be a little bit contradictory in terms of the verbs. Asher yidvenu libo. Nidvaz libo means you're volunteering. What's the next phrase? Tikhu estrumasi. Right? What does tikhu estrumasi mean here in this context? Take? You don't have to take. They're giving. If it's in a dava. So why do you, would you have to take it? Why did the Torah say tikhu estrumasi? Is that just practically... You, when they give it to you, take it? Or maybe there's something deeper here. There's Yitzven Olivo, but then Tikhu Estru Masi. Says the Tosefes Bracha. Source number two on top. Avokana Kavanah Tikhu Kichamamish. Why? Vahabirhu. Sherotzel Omar. Me'ez Kolish Asher Ach Yitzvenu Libo. When a person decides to do something, similar to what we were just talking about. When a person decides, let's say he says he wants to do something. I want to give something to the Mishkan. What's the halacha? We know from Mesechah's Kiddushin. There's a special magical halacha when it comes to hektish. Just saying the words is itself the Kenyan. The Feirish is a Mishnah in Mesechah's Kiddushin. Maybe suggest that Tosefes Bracha, that's what's being referred to here. Once it's Yidvenu Libo, so then Tikhu Estrumasi. Rashoim Atem Likvos Bimenu Mashinadav, below Yuchalasarbo. Vizel Mishum, Amiro Lagavoki Misirasola Hedyo. Umuvaki Achara Misira Lassabachazar. And once it's given, obviously, you take it. But answer Tosefes Bracha. Is there a svar for that? Why is it that giving something to the base of Midas, right when I decide and I say it, the Kenyan's already done. There's a discussion whether Tokade Dibor, whether you can retract within a few seconds after uh, being mocked or something. But here, ask the Tosevas Bracha, Amnon Zeg Gufat Sarah Hezber. Lama Zetia Mirala Gavoa, Takipa Bioser. We know the rule is the call of our Kenyan, Eno Nigrabidvar and Bovad. Generally, any acquisition. Any kinyan, any transaction requires a physical action, requires a misa. And here, e- even if you d- decide, even if you want to say you promise, but promise means that I still need to do it in the future. But why should it be that it's already done? Line 11. Avostam amira, just stop saying it. Even though uh, you have to fulfill your promise. Why should it have to be forced? So there are different svaras given. We've discussed this in, in uh, other shiurim about what the, what the reason is for Amirasal Gavok and Amirasal Hedyot. There's a Yerushalmi, a fascinating Yerushalmi, where the Yerushalmi says, well, maybe it's based on the principle of Lashem Har and Sumaloa. Really, everything belongs to Hashem. That's the natural state of every item in the world. In the universe, it belongs to God. So, when I'm giving it to the Beis HaMikdash, it's kind of reverting back to its natural state. That's why it's easier. 
If I give it, Reuben gives something to Shimon, that's a little trickier. But if I'm giving it back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, says Yerushalmi, maybe that's why. Ami Rasul HaGavoah is Kimisi Rasul HaHedyot. That's a fascinating comment of the Yerushalmi in Mesechah's Kiddushin. But, suggest that Tosefah's Bracha here to explain this idea, to explain, to explain this Pasuk, maybe it's based on a Rambam. A Rambam that has come up in the past. He doesn't quote the whole thing, but let's read it again. I didn't give it to you, but it's a Rambam. In the other parak base of Hilkas Gerishin, where the context is where a man is in a halachic situation where Bezdin knows that he needs to give a get. He needs to give a get to his wife, whatever the situation is. And he decides he doesn't want to. So when we have a Sanhedrin, then the halacha is that we would force him to give a get. Physically, we would force him to give a get. And the problem, though, is that a get can't be forced. A husband on a Daraisa level cannot give a get under duress. So the question is, how does Bezin force him? Isn't that the greatest duress? They physically force him. So the Rambam has an amazing shot that, especially for the fact that the Rambam is the one that's talking here, makes it even more unusual and amazing. Says the Rambam, quoting the Gemara, the Gemara's Lashin, Kofinoto, Achayoma Rotsani. We force him until he says, okay, I want to, I want to. What kind of want is that? He says, I want to. Okay. But he doesn't want to. So what do you mean, Kofinoto, Achayoma Rotsani? So says the Rambam, Velamalo Batal Gedzeh, Shahari Hu Anus. Bain biyad goyim, bain biyad Yisrael. Right? He's, he's, he's an anus. She'ein omrim anus. Here's the Rambam. We don't say anus elolomisha nilchatz v'nidchak la'asos dover she'ein omechuyev minatora la'asoso. Anus means when I'm forced to do something that the Torah does not obligate me to do. Then it's called anus. Kagon misha hukat shemachar. Somebody forces me to sell something. I don't have to sell it. There's no mitzvah to sell something. Somebody's bobbing me over the head until I sell it. That's called force. O Nasan. Aval Misha Takfo Yitzro Hara Levatel Mitzvah. If my Yitzhara is forcing me not to do a mitzvah. O Laasos Avera. Vihuka Achaasa Dabar Shachayavasoso. And then Bezdin makes me an offer I can't refuse in order to give the get or give the, do do the mitzvah. Ocean is take me Dabar Shaslasosa or not to do the Avera. This is not onus. Ella, who onus atzmo? Bedaito haroa. The Yitzhar is forcing him. And Bezdin removes the Yitzhar because every Jew deep down wants to do the right thing. Every Jew deep down wants to follow HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Maybe it's based on the Pintel Yid that's put in, in utero in every Jew. We learn with the Malach. So we all want to do the right thing. Right? We all took a Shvua, the Gemara says, when we were born. Right? We don't remember the Shvua, but we all took a Shvua that we're going to be righteous. We're going to be tzaddikim, right? So we all want to do the right thing. So that's why Benson kind of removes the external force and then it allows us to follow our true Ratzon. Suggest that Tosefes Bracha, maybe that's what's going on in our Pasuk. Asher Yidvenu Libo. That's what you want to do? And then maybe you have some fault, you have some, I'm not sure, maybe too much. Should I do it? Tikkos Trumasi. Oh, we take, this is, we know better than you that this is what you want to do. Kodesh Baruch knows. And that's what he says. Line 19. 
What kind of rasan is that? And the, that, that's the point. We always want to do what Hashem wants, especially to give to the Beis Hamikdash, to give to the Mishkan. You don't get a better charity than that. And that's why the Torah says, The nefesh, his nefesh is coming out, and therefore we just, you know, move it along a little bit. Tikhu as Trumasi. Okay. Moving right along. Perachafei, couple of sukkim later. Couple of sukkim later. So we have the first part of Shuma, as we know, are the raw materials. And then we use all the raw materials later on in the, in the sukkim. Again, if you think about all the raw materials that were used, I saw someone sent me an email this week about how many millions and millions of dollars the Mishkan would cost, even based on today's, how much gold costs and how much silver costs. It's unbelievable. But it was all in the Dava. Most Rabbeinu even said, I have enough, I have enough. It's unbelievable. We should all, all, all uh, fundraising committees wish they had the problems that Moshe Rabbeinu had. So says the, says the, say the, the Psukim. Oros, Ma'adamim, Shemen, Lamar, Besamim, Avni, Avni, Miluim. And then we have, Pasik Ches and Pasik Tes. V'yasuli, Mikdash, V'shachanti, Besocham. After a list of the raw materials, make for me a mikdash, the mitzvah daraisa, to build a base, a mikdash to build a mishkan. And then the two words, vishachanti besocham, I will rest in them. Okay, we're not going to talk about that right now. Besocham instead of besocho. Pasik tes. Then we have, kechol ashine ani oscha. Just like everything that I show you, Moshe, as tavis a mishkan, as tavis kolkelav, techein tasu. Everything I show you, Moshe, you're going to follow exactly those instructions. And then we get the instructions. Question. What is the purpose of Pasa tests? What is that adding? We have all the raw materials quoted. And then Pasa Ches, we have Vasuli and And then I have exactly what I show you, Moshe. That's how you build. And then we have all the instructions. Ask the Nitziv. What is Pasik Tes teaching me? Pasik Tes is just teaching, it's repeating. You have, the, you have everything written afterwards. What exactly is this Pasik teaching? Question of the Nativ. A second question we might add is, if we look in Pasik Tes, besides being extra, we don't know exactly what it means, but it seems to be going back on the first half of Pasik Tes. Build me a base on Migdash, exactly as I show you, that's how you'll build it. But we have two words stuck in the middle at the end of Pasaches. V'shachanti v'socham. How do those two words connect to the instructions? Build for me a mikdash, exactly how I tell you. In the middle, says, build for me a mikdash, and I will reside in there. And, and build it exactly as I say. First, give all the instructions, and then say v'shachanti v'socham. So what do you need Pasaches for? Question one. And how is it a continuation of Pasaches? Let's see the words of the Nitziv in the Hamik Top left. He explains Rashi's pshat of the Asuli Mikdash as a promise. Make for me a Mikdash. Rashi says, Va'asu Lishmi, base Kedusha, Vishachanti Besocham. 
Rashi doesn't say anything on those words. Vishakhadi Basokham. The Ritziv assumes though that the Pashup Shat, we'll get back to Rashi Bashim a little bit later. Uh, it's a promise. Omishim Hafi, Pirish, Mikrad Samuch, that's the next Pasik, Kikhalashiani Maram, Mukhubar Larosha Mikra, Fasuli Mikdash, Vishakhanti Basok. I'm sorry, in the next Pasik Rashi explains himself. Right? This Pasik, a Pasik Tas is connected to the first half of Pasik Ches. So the question is, what are those two extra words, as we said, doing in the middle? Says the Nitziv second paragraph. El Lamati Pirish Mikrazeh I learned out of Pshat from this Pasik, and really it's a Pshat of the entire Parsha. Because after all, we could think about, we start Truma, we start getting through the Rashis, we start going through the Chumash, we know we're in a different world than we've been over the past few months. Safer Bracious, Safer Shmos, even, uh, even Mishpatim. Things have changed. Truma, Fitzave, Bayakel, Bakude. Details. Details of clothing, nuts, and bolts. And the question is, what difference does it really make? The, uh, 50, 50 hooks instead of 49 hooks? And if I did 49 hooks, it's not going to be the same. The curtain is not going to be connected as much if I only have 49 Lulaos. Not the 50? Tosef din Menachas. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Kolzayin Yimei Amiluim, Harei Omer, Vayar Moshe, Eskola Malacha, Vihinei, Asu Osaka, Shertziv Hashem Es Moshe. The Pesukim say that Moshe Rabbeinu at the end saw everything that occurred, the end of Sefer Shmos. Moshe did exactly what he was supposed to do. Heichan Tzivo, Vyosuli Mikdash Shachadi Besocham. The measure says, Ah, Moshe saw all the Malachim, and he saw exactly what Hashem told him. That's the Medrash. What's the Chiddush of that Medrash? Those are Pesukim and Chumash. Right? Moshe did it. Where was he commanded? The earlier Pesuk, by the Tzivoy. So, who Pele? Line 16. Ma'ish mi'enu ba'zeh, Rabbi Yossi. V'lagam lo'ma'yichazeh mikra. Yossi mikra seider. Ela, Rabbi Yossi, e'ne ma'farish mikra ze'ela haftacha. Our Pesuk, Pesuk Ches, builds for me a Mikdash, and I will reside in it. It's not saying that Hashem is promising that he's going to reside in it. Ela hutzivui sheya'asu ba'ofan sheyehei v'shachanti b'socham. It's part of the command. God is saying, build for me a house so that, because only in this way, I will be able to reside in it. If you follow the instructions to the T, because this mishkan is not just a house physically, with raw materials and nuts and bolts and hooks. But, as many say, but here the Nitziv says it, the Mishkan is a microcosm of the entire universe. And just like the universe is perfect, Hashem created the universe. And that is why Hashem could exist in the universe, because He created a perfect world. If we want Hashem to reside in our home that we built for Him, it has to be perfect. And even if we might not understand every detail, why it is that you need this many hooks and this many bolts. But then again, do we understand every detail of the world and of the universe? Why there has to be so many millions and billions of stars? Every single star, do we understand? No. If it was up to us, you could take out a couple million stars. It wouldn't make a difference. But you know what? The Creator didn't think so. Because who knows exactly every detail of the world, why it's needed, even if we don't. Says Hashem to Moshe Rabbeinu, the same thing with the Mishkan. This Mishkan is a model parallel to the world. 
that it needs to be followed in order that Bishachanti Bisocham. I live in the world, I want to live in the Mishkan too. Let's read it now. Line twenty six. To call Prati Mishkan, Michuvanim Neged Kol Prate Olam, Shebara Hayotzer Yisbarach. The whole Mishkan is parallel to the world. Vuhu Shochin Bechlal Olam, and Hashem rests in the world. Vitziva Hashem, Sheyasu, Toar Kol Olam, Bibinyan Amishkan Vekelov. And Kodesh Baruch Hu showed the whole world to Moshe Rabbeinu. If we do it, then Hashem could live here. And therefore, Nimse comes out, says the Nitziv, We read some things and we think it's just to hold up. The sockets. You need the socket to hold on to the, to the board, to hold on to the curtain, to hold on to the other curtain, and three curtains, one on top of another. So we read it, and we think, nice physical design. No, no, there's so much symbolism to every detail. We discussed a couple of years ago, we gave the mushal. I think Rabbi Steinfeld gave the mushal. And what if it's farim? Imagine the space shuttle. One person who's helping build the space shuttle forgets one tiny little bolt. One little bolt! What difference does it make? Is it going to succeed? Is it not going to succeed? Because every tiny little part makes the biggest difference. You want Asherah Sashchina? You need every little bolt. I might not understand why you need every bolt. But the designer surely understands it. The designer of the, of the Mishkan, parallel to the world, understands it. And that's why it is all needed. He says, he gives the example, why 50? Why fold it over? Line 41. Right, and that is the Esod of Asuli Mikdash, built for me in Mikdash because I want to be there as part of the Tzivoy. And therefore, the whole thing is one Hemshech. And now, we didn't answer that first question yet. What about the next Pasuk? Just like I show you so to build it, what does that mean? HaKadosh Baruch who showed Moshe Rabbeinu how everything was parallel to the larger universe. That's the Pasuk test. Just like I show you the Tavnitz HaMishkan the Tavnitz Kalkelov, that's not talking about what's going to follow. All the details of the menorah and the Shulchan and of the raw materials. No. Says the Nitziv, very often, in order to understand, to better be able to perform a task, we have to see the, the, final, the final goal. And then we'll be able to perform the task. Right? Let's give the mashal. But let's see you have a puzzle. It's, much, it's very hard to do a puzzle if you don't know what the, puzzle, the picture. Sometimes you find an old puzzle in the, in, the, in the basement. You want to do the puzzle, but you don't have a picture, so you don't remember what it looks like, so it's so much harder. If you have the picture that you're looking at, then the process is that much simpler. HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows Moshe the goal. He shows him the universe, the whole world. This is what the Mishkan has to parallel. This is the microcosm that I'm trying to create. Vim Yodea Adam, the right side now. Neg and Mahu Ba, Yodea Lachavin, Biyoser, Ichlasos. We can know exactly what to do. And that's what? Beautiful. What does the Gemara Bracha say? Line 8. But Salah was a genius. But what does the Gemara say? It doesn't just say he was a genius in, in uh, architecture. Yodea Hayabat Salah. 
Betzalel knew how to put together all the letters that the world was created with. What does he need that for? What does he have to know about Briyas HaOlam for? All he has to know about is Briyas HaMishkan. Aha! No, no, no. This Mishkan is a parallel to the world. Somehow, on a metaphysical level, which we can't fathom, but Hashem resides in the world. Hashem wants to reside in the Mishkan. So B'tzalel needed to understand the, those ideas of Tzir Faosios for the world in order to then be able to build the Mishkan properly. So this is the Nitziv giving us a totally new perspective and deeper idea. Again, many Mepharshim say this idea, but this is the Nitziv's way of formulating it. And this is how we understand Pasuk Ches and Pasuk Tes. Okay. Moving right along. So, now we get into some of the Kalim. So, let's talk about a number of the Kalim. By the way, next, next week, the Parish of Shia will include some thoughts on Purim. Next week, because we still have a, uh, a Shia before, uh, before Purim. Okay, but now we continue. So, we have the Aron. We have the Aron, that's the first Kli, the most important Kli, the Kli that's the center of the Mishkan. The Asu Aron Ateshitim, Amasayim Vachetzi Arka, Amavachetzi Rachbo, Amavachetzi Komaso. To our own, the dimensions are given, which we pointed out in past years. All the dimensions are half dimensions. Two and a half by one and a half by one and a half. Not no whole. We can never feel that we're full and complete when it comes to Torah. We're always half. It's kind of like Gemara starting on Daf Base. Right? We can't even do. We never even did Daf Al. Okay, and we continue. And then we have a Kaporas. We put, build the Aron, gold, wood, gold, and then we put the cover on, the Kapores, Zahav, Tahar, Amafayim, Vachesi, Arka, Amafayim, Rachma, Vyasisha, Shnaim, Kruvim, Zahav, Miksha, Tasosam. The beautiful Kruvim, made out of one gold slab. Each of the Kruvim looking at each other, again, something that we've spoken about in the past. Vanasada, Zahapores, Al Haron, Milmala, Ve'el Haron, Titan, Esra, Edus, Asher, Etein, Alecha. What goes in this unbelievable clea? We have the Edus. We have the Edus. We have the Luchos go inside. And not only the Luchos, later on, what else is going to be in here? The Sefer, Sefer Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote is going to be in here. That's inside. Rashi, Ha'edus, Ha'torah, Shehila Edus, Beni Yavinechem. This is the Edus, it's testimony between the agreement, the marriage that we have between me and you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Klai Yisrael. Ask Rizalman Zeratskin in his Hespid that he gave for the Briskarov. Right here in source number four. What was the purpose of the Sefer Torah being in the Aron? It was never used. It was just there. What is a symbol? A Sefer Torah in our Aron code. We use it. What was the purpose of putting the, the, the putting it in there? Okay, you're not going to use the luchos, but this is edus. How is it edus if you never use it? Lushe manitan shama. Ask Rav Saraskin. Elatirates says Saraskin. Ilmali sefer Torah zeh. If there were not a sefer Torah securely guarded in a place where it can never be tampered with. In a place where nobody could get to it, then there would be a danger. Maybe one day somebody's going to get up and write their own Sefer Torah, write their own modifications to the Torah. 
and then start saying, well, how do you know yours is right? Maybe mine is right. How do you know yours is more loyal to the tradition? Maybe mine is more loyal. Back and forth. All these different uh, ways to understand that to write. Uberabos hayamim tishtakech Torah b'kinesinasa. And the whole Torah would have been forgotten. Ah. But if everybody knows that there is one pristine, pure Torah that is in a place that cannot be tampered with. And if you want to try to start or, or, or fake or lie or modify something, it's going to be mirrored. We're going to check it. We're going to check it with that Torah. Nobody's going to touch it. I'm going to be scared. Because I'm going to be called, I'm going to be called out on it. Because we have the, the model in the Aron. Just being there is already a preventative measure. Because if, if push comes to shove, we'll use it if we need to. Says the, said the Rav Saratskin, the Briskarov was our safer Torah that was Munach in the Aaron. Right? If there was any ever question about the Mesorah, right, he was the one. He was the safer Torah that we went back to and were able to check all the other Sifri Torah in the past. Just parenthetically, we mentioned in years ago, in a totally different context, though, a very similar idea. Maybe that's why a Sefer, a, a Kohen, a, a Melech, a Melech we know has to have two Sifri Torah. One he takes with him all the time, and one he leaves at home in his, in his Aaron. And the Bali Musar asks, what does he need two for? What, he, he's, he needs to always remind him, so let him just have the same one that every Jew has to write, but he has an obligation to always take it with him. The answer is no. He's going to carry his Sefer Torah around with him. He's going to go to world meetings with politicians. He's going to go out to war. He's going to go here and there. It could be that over time, some of his letters are going to get a little worn out. Some of them are going to be cut off a little bit and fall off. Every so often, he has to go back home and check the Torah that he has with him all the time and compare it to the Torah that he has at home and make sure that they are still aligned with each other. Similar idea, that's for the king, and this is for all of Klai Yisrael. Uh, just related, once we're on the, on the uh, topic of, a, of an Aron and a person being like a Sefer Torah, so I have here also in the Mishokhan Gavoah, he quotes the Hesped that Rabbi Cheskel Abramsky gave to Rechaim, for Rechaim Ozer. Nimshal Gadol Ador Sefer Torah, Munach Pa'aron. He also, when he was, Rabbi Cheskel Abramsky was in London, but he uh, gave a Hesped for Rabbi Chaim Ozer, the Achiezer, based on the Psukim in the beginning of Sefer Shmuel. Remember the Psukim, Eli Akohen is devastated because of the war with the Plishtim and all of the tragedies that he hears about. But if we're Medayig and the Psukim, as many are, the man comes to tell Eli what happened. Line 6. Vayomer, Nas Yisrael of Plishtim, Vagam Magefa, the Jews are losing the war, Vagam Shebanech, and your two sons have died. So far, no reaction. Or maybe he's still in shock. Va'aron Elokim Nilkach. But then he says the Aaron was taken. He hears the Aaron was taken. He falls backwards. He breaks his neck. And he dies. All the Besaurus up until then he might have been able to deal with. But the Aaron was taken. We have to recognize that when the Aaron, when the source of Torah is taken, so that's something that is, that is, that it has to affect us the most. So that's what he compared. He compared to Chaim Ozer. Chaim Ozer, the, the head dying in Vilna. Right? He compared him to the Aaron Elohim that was taken. Right? And that's 
all of these hespedim. But again, the 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 real Aron, right? And the and the in the Mishkan has the edus asher etzin alecha, and that is what we use, and that's eternal, and that's still there. Right, it's still there. Right, if we have any questions about Cree uh, uh, and Ksivs, so we're going to go back. But here, Yibana Beis English, we'll get the Aron back from under the Kodesh Kadashim. It'll be picked up, and Mashiach uh, or or whoever the Kohen Gadol will check it out and, and make sure we have all the proper the proper uh, Misor. Okay, continuing. Parachavav Pasik Tesvav. Let's move on to the Krushim. Biasis has the Krushim la Mishkan. We have the menorah, we have the shulchan, we have a lot of the kalim, but let's move on to Ravi. We have the Krushim, La Mishkan, Shitim Omdim. So we have the boards for the Mishkan, Shitim Omdim, standing. What does Shitim Omdim mean? So we, we learn a halacha that they have to be standing as they grew, but Chazal Darshan and Rashi quotes it also. You have it in the beginning here of source number, I'm sorry. I, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, uh, source number five. The Tav Sofer, we have Sisa Karashim, La Mishkan, Atsi, Shizim, Omdim. Omdim, right, Rashi does not quote this. The next thought we're going to have on this Pasuk is in Rashi. This is just the Gemara. The Gemara quotes, what does it mean? Omdim, Omdim, La'ad, La'olam. They're forever. The boards are there forever. So how do we usually understand the boards are there forever? So usually we would say this is this is the result. These boards are eternal. Why are they eternal? So we've discussed the Mishkan was never destroyed. That's one thing that the Mishkan has that the Bati Mikdash didn't have. The Mishkan was put away. The Mishkan in Shiloh, from the Midbar, it went to Gilgal, and ultimately in Shiloh, the Aaron was taken, but we have no evidence that the Mishkan was burned, the Mishkan was destroyed. Halachically, it might be called a Chorban, but we refer to, or Salvatrix says, we refer to Chorban Shiloh in the keynotes that we say on Tisha B'av, but Atishi Demontim. This is the result. Once we build, these boards are going to be forever. But the Ksav Sofer says maybe it's exactly the opposite. Maybe Krushim were used Atishitim. Because they're omdim. What are we talking about? Let's see his words. Nearly says the Ksav Sofer. Ki yusa. What does that mean? Everything in life could be uplifted and to serve a higher purpose. Everything Hashem created in life to use to serve Him and to uplift. Midomeim. He talks about the four levels of being from the Kuzari. Naset Someach. Dirt. You could use dirt productively by planting something in the dirt. A tree. Umid someach chai. And a plant could be eaten by an animal. Umichai medaber. And a person could eat an animal and make brachis, use it as a carbon, and uplift it. So everything can be uplifted. And man is uplifted by doing mitzvos. But, hine, kol eitzim ha'osim peiras ba'em l'chashibusa a tree that produces fruits can be uplifted, so to speak, by its fruit being eaten. Atishitim don't have any fruit that are more chashub than it, that it could be uplifted through. Atishitim are just omdim. 
They don't move. They can't be uplifted. To use the, th- the words of the Vilna Gon from, from uh, Sefer Mishlei, Malachim are called Omdim. People are called Holchim. A Malach is an Omeiko. He's on that level. He doesn't go up, doesn't go down. He's created. He is what he is. So, in this sense, Ati Shiftim are Omdim. What could you use? They're not eaten. And nothing. That's why Hashem says, take these boards and use them for the Mishkan. Because these boards that are owned in, that you think, that we think, have no purpose, they're just oh made forever? No, no, no. I'll show you how to uplift them too. Siva Hashem she'yukach me'am ha'mishkan she'bo tiyah hashroas ha'shchina u'mal yusa rabba g'dolai so atishit, what does it? What does the pasuk say? Take the crush of atishitim omdim. We usually understand this to mean take them and it will last forever. The Ksav Sofer is saying no, take them because they are in their state as of now forever, and I want to make them higher, and I want to uplift them. It's the reason, it's not the result. And that's what Chazal, Chazal just say omdim laad laolam. You don't know if that's the result or the reason. So Sav Sover says maybe it's the reason. So again, what's the message for us? Everything in life has a purpose. Every single thing that God created has a reason, has a way that we can uplift it. Right? That's the last Mishnah in Perkei Avos, in Kenyan Torah. The last Mishnah. I didn't give it to you, but the last Mishnah says... Every single item in the universe was created to somehow serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with. And that's, everything was made for Hashem. And therefore, even these boards that we might have thought have no use to be uplifted, they're also, they're also. One idea. But then there's another idea about these crushes, which I thought I mentioned in past years. I didn't see it in the notes, but uh, either way, it's been many years. If we have mentioned it in some other context, and we'll mention it now if we have it. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, based on the Rashi on the Pasuk. Rashi quotes, what does it mean, Ati Shitim Omdim? Rashi says, Me'osana Omdim Umiyuchadim Lakach. From those that have been standing and designated for a long time. Yaakov Avinu Nata Arazim B'Mitzrayim. Yaakov Avinu already planted trees in Egypt. Yaakov said, he planted trees in Mitzrayim. And when he died, he told his children, bring these trees up. When you go to Eretz Yisrael. Hashem's going to command you to build, build a Mishkan. I want to make sure you have trees. So Yaakov planted trees in Mitzrayim, says the Medrash, so that his children will be able to take them up to Eretz Yisrael and use them to build a Mishkan. Question. Esther Yaakov. Why he did? Why did he have to plant the trees? Asks Rabbi Yaakov, there could have been easier, right, easier ways to get the trees. And where did the boards come from? I, I forgot to mention, the original boards that he took to Mitzrayim to plant the trees there in order to take back up came from Beersheba. So it came from Eretz Yisrael in order to bring it back down, in order to go back up. Wouldn't it have been easier just to leave him there? 
figure out another way to find them in the in the uh, in the desert. So explains Rabbi Yaakov. Dahaya Khan Inyan Psychology, line fifteen. There was something psychological here. The fact that Hashem says the Bible of Ayikash, don't be scared. Yaakov must have been scared of something. Going down to Mitzrayim, he knew the long gullus was starting. He was nervous. Maybe we just get stuck there. We would never come out. How could I make sure, how could I ensure that the Jews will have the attitude of always wanting to come back and always be hopeful to come back? And they, we don't, they won't just be messiahish after, after two centuries of suffering. Just the words of Pakot Bakazi aren't enough. You know what? I'm going to give them something tangible in front of their eyes. They're going to see these trees. They're all going to think, those are the trees from Yaakov. We're going to get out of here one day. He was the one that told, that told us about those trees. That will constantly remind them. He says, these are the trees. These are the trees that we went down with. These are the trees that we are going to be going up with. He gives them something in, in view in order to keep them uh, from having Yeish. Number one. Number two. If you look on the next page, he has a second idea. He says, why couldn't they just get trees in Egypt? Why did he have to plant them and bring them? So he says, maybe he's based on the Gemara and Bamatsiya. Again, we're not going to read the whole thing. Uh, to make sure we, uh, we finish. But the Gemara Babetziah, he quotes them about Rabbi Chia. The story of Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Chanina were having an argument. Line 21. Rabbi Chia says to Rabbi Chanina, they're arguing about if Torah is forgotten, what's going to happen? So Rabbi Chanina says, I'll get Torah back with my pilpul. Don't worry about it. Rabbi Chia says, I'll make sure that Torah is not forgotten. How does he do that? So we have the story that appears in two places in Shas and here in Exubis. So what does he do? Azilna, line 23. Azilna, he's going to go buy rope and he's going to make nets. And he's going to set up the nets to trap the deer. And he's going to trap the deer and take the cloth that he gets from the deer and write on six of the cloth in Mishnah and five of the cloth in Chumish. He's going to teach it to 11 different children. He's going to tell them to teach each other. And Mamela is going to go do that in every city. And Mamela Torah will not be forgotten. And the Gemara ends off. How amazing are the words of Rabbi Chia. What's amazing about this plan? Explain them a first. Explain to Rabbi Yaakov. It was Lashma from step one. From step one, it was what we would call Altara Sakodesh. The nets were bought Lashma for this purpose. The rope and the nets and the deer and everything. When something is Lashma from the beginning of the process, then it has a much greater chance of succeeding. Yaakov Avinu didn't want them to just get trees from Egypt, from somewhere else. No, no, no. I'm going to plant the trees. And I'm going to bring the trees. Because if it's Lashma from the beginning, so then nothing could stop the great uh, traveling and the great uh, placement and the great uh, 
goal that they had of building a Mishkan and ultimately getting into Eretz Yisrael. Two ideas about those trees that Yaakov Avinu planted and brought down and went back up. Okay, two other ideas for the evening, one halachic and one hashgafic. First is the shuvah of the Chassam Sofer. Usually not in a Parsha Shir, but here it is. The Chassam Sofer was asked in Arachayim Simen Chavches. There was a shul that was doing construction. Construction. And in the new shul, they wanted to move the bima towards the front of the shul. That's what they wanted to do. be more space, more seating. Is that okay? To move the bima towards the front. So we're just quoting the tshuva here. We're not paskening for every single situation that everybody finds themselves in. You have to ask your local rub. But the Chassam Sofer is very clear about what his answer is to this question. Tshuva. The Ramam says the bima goes in the middle. So everyone could hear. And the Ramah quotes that in Shochanara. Whoever changes and doesn't do what it says in the Rambam, they're, they're, the burden of proof is upon them. Line 11. You might say there's not so many people in Shul that could all come to the front and hear it. Says the Chassam Sofer. No. The bima goes in the middle because of Parsha's Mishpatim. I'm sorry, Parsha's Truma. Parsha's Truma, what do we read later on in the Parsha? We read exactly, and Rashi emphasizes it. Where's the Shulchan? Where's the Menorah? And where's the Mizbeach? What's in the middle? The Mizbeach Azov is in the middle. The bima is Domel Mizbeach. We go around the bima on Sukkot, and therefore, just like the bima, the Mizbeach was in the middle... The bima was in the middle. That's our misora, says the Chassam Sofer. Umisvara Omer Kiva Shana Machzikim Abima Shabakor and Parshas Akarbanos Kimom is Beach Shemipne Kain Misaviva Bima Bechagasukis Misavivim Abima Kol Bechagasukis Kimoshivim is Beach the Osom is Beach Shomer Bechal Lefneir and Akodesh Shum is Beach Mikdar Ktoris Omer Beemsa like Rashi says in Parshas Truma Viyan Abima Shabano Medes Bifnim Kimis Becha Pnimi. It has to be in the middle. And then, by the way, he quotes what he says in other tshuvas as well, towards the bottom, Chadash Asr which is taking a line out of context from elsewhere, but that's Chassam Sofer. This is something new. This is something that parallels, it might even be in Israel, Chukos Ha'akum, because in other religions, all the action happens in the front, not in the middle, and therefore, says Chassam Sofer, not a good idea, keep the bima in the middle. Okay. One final thought. And it's just a ha'ara. It's a ha'ara with a little story. And that is, a Rashi that we've spoken about often, we're not going to get to what we usually say about the Rashi, but a different idea. On the ephod, going back to Perach um, I'm sorry, this is, um, this is really in the beginning of next week's Parsha, but Yerucham has Truman and Tzavah together. So I'm going to do it now, but it's really a message that has to do really with last week's Parsha 
and next week's parsha, and that is why uh, we're going to uh, to mention it now because it can really be said on any of the parshias. On next week's parsha, Rashi says on va'asu es Rashi says it's going to be difficult to understand the psukim and what the ephod looks like based on the psukim. So I'm going to first go through and tell you what the ephod looked like. Twenty lines of Rashi, and then he's going to go through the psukim and go through pshat of the psukim. That's what Rashi does at the beginning of, of the middle of next week's parsha of Asu Asu Eifod. Says Rav Yerucham, Rashi here is fulfilling what he wrote on last week's parsha, and Rashi does that throughout his commentary always, and that is to be the master teacher, the greatest teacher that we have ever had. What does Rashi say at the beginning of Mishpatim? If we look back at the Rashi there, what's the job of a teacher? It's not just to teach and leave the room. It's not just to teach what he thinks is the best way to teach. What does Rashi say? I'll teach it to them until they know it by heart. I don't have to go overboard and trouble myself to do it, to make sure they know it and to bend over backwards. Do I have to be a Rebbe Preda 400 times? Like a table that's set in front of people to eat, that's how you have to teach. To make it delicious, to not teach it, but make sure that they get it, that they learned it. That's what a teacher has to do, says Rabbi Rucham, in Truma and Tetzaveh, especially Rashi does his utmost to make it clear to us what each Kli looked like, what each Beged looked like, because Rashi is our greatest teacher. And we know that. Rashi, how often on the Mishnah or the, or the Gemara, Rashi says, Lakamon Mefarish. We see that a lot. Sometimes there'll be three Rashis on the Mishnah and everyone will say Lakamon Mefarish. Why is Rashi saying that? Because Rashi knows we might be bothered by something now, but he knows we don't need to have that information now. A great teacher doesn't always give all the information at once. It might be confusing. You know, we'll get there. Lot, lot. But that's Rashi. Rashi is our greatest teacher. There's two ideas. There's, uh, if you look at the Shem Dolm of the Chida, which the Chida talks about, there's, uh, there are legends in there. There's a lot of it. Look about what the source is for the Chida. Rav Chaim Yosef Adazoloi, one of the greats of the 1800s. He has an entry for, uh, for uh, many of the, uh, many of the Rishonim and the, and the Tanam and the Achronim. So he just says two short things about Rashi. He says, number one, he heard from an Adam Gadol that before Rashi wrote his commentary on la Torah, he fasted 613 fasts. In order to be able to be Zohar, to write a commentary on la Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu appeared to him and says, you will be the one who will be Zohar to give shot of this book, God's Autobiography. One legend. But then he quotes another, just, it's just a line. Rabbeinu Tam, this I've heard before. Rabbeinu Tam, Rashi's grandson, says, you know what, if you give me a thousand years, I might be able to write my grandfather's commentary on Shas. But I would never be able to write his commentary on Chumash. Sometimes we think of Rashi on Shas as the Rashi on Chumash. That's the magic. Rashi's always magical. But Rashi ala Torah, how it was that the Gemara says, you have to be Mavar Sedra, Shnai Mikrabecha Targum, somehow Rashi got in there. Nechshav Kamo Targum. How did he do that? He's a Rishon. That's Rashi. 
That's the magic of Rashi. And even Rabbi Tam, the greatest of the Bali Atosvis, says about his grandfather, there's no way I could do that. There's no way I could have written that. And that's the greatness of our greatest teacher, Rashi, Rabban Shel Yisrael. And we appreciate it a little bit on these Parshias, Shrumen, Tetzave, where Rashi goes into detail of what everything looks like. It's all because he wants us to be able to understand it to the best of our abilities. Okay, we'll stop here. Hashem, we will continue. Next week might be a different night of the week. It might be earlier because there's a simcha in the uh, community.